The look of Hook is lively indeed, but Steven Spielberg directs on autopilot here, giving in too quickly to its sentimental, syrupy qualities. To which I say, yep. So what? Oh, God. All right. This is not going to be a pleasant evening. Are you going to sit here and bash Hook tonight? Chris, this movie stinks. Oh, boy. We are not going to have, uh, we are, we are, we are not... have a pleasant no, evening. We are yeah. not going to have a pleasant evening. This movie's fucking awful. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, you're in big, I, big trouble. I just cracked a beer. I'm ready to go. You are in big, big trouble, sir. All right. Well, I'll let you, I'll let you open the floor. All right. I'll start with a critics review uh, by one Charles Bonello. Hook is the greatest children's movie ever made. Uh, what magazine does he write for? Uh, Mind Your Business magazine. Oh, okay. Good. He sounds like a really reliable source. <laughs> I will counter with... He's the um, king of babies and the baby king. <laughs> I, will, I will counter with uh, Gene Siskel. Have you heard of him? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, he, uh, he, he's reviewed a couple of movies. A woefully uneven retelling of the Peter Pan story. That, I feel like, is a little more accurate than, than what did Mr. Bonello say? The greatest children's movie ever made. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, now, that sounds... Yeah. Uneven, I can get behind. Stinks, I cannot. Uneven is a, a level of reason I can probably discuss. Stinks, uh-huh. I will throw a fucking shit fit over. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, you got some stats? I do. Let's, let's, let's get into the facts here. Hook, a Rotten Tomato score of 28%. Woo! Uh, much... A much more reasonable audience score of 76%. Boo! Released on December 11th, 1991. Once again, opening number one at the box office. $13.5 million. It puts against... a lot in perspective, though, it, that, that in 1991, 13 mil in, in the December holiday rush gets you top spot. Like, easily. Yeah, yeah it's, I mean, it's right in between um, Thanksgiving and Christmas, so it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, a lull spot, but uh, also out of the box office that we... The Addams Family, Beauty and the Beast, and then uh, a little bit different genre, Cape Fear. Yeah, I had those two, and I also had in second place, The Last Boy Scout. The last, it, was, it was opening week after The Last Boy Scout also, and it, it, and it did not topple the star power of Hook. And week three, in sixth place, the most traumatizing movie of my childhood, My Girl, at $4 million. Oof. Yeah. A production budget here of $70 million, grossed domestically $119 million, worldwide $300 million. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money and worth every penny. Oh, God. I can't. I got to hear your reasoning behind this. The stars of the movie, obviously, Robin Williams, Dustin Hoffman, Julia Roberts. We can get to the cameos. There are three really good ones in here. One's really obvious and two yeah. are less obvious. The obvious one is I... Gwyneth Paltrow as young Wendy. Right. The less obvious ones are Phil Collins and Glenn Close, which we can get into. Okay. So where? That I didn't know. I had another, I had another uh, good one, too. Phil Collins is the inspector who, like, um, when the note gets posted on the wall at, uh, when Hook, like, posts with the note to, to come get his kids in Neverland, mm-hmm. the British inspector who is on the case is Philip Collins. No, I had no idea. Uh, Glenn Close is a man when, uh, when they, when they try to, when, when, um, when Hook is like saying like, oh, there's like a dissension in the ranks or whatever. There's someone here who, uh, I think, I think Pan's here. I think someone like sympathizing with him is here. They like cut through the crowd and then it's, it's Robin Williams like in his cloak and hat, like 
mumbling and muttering and they get to a, a person with a beard and gray hair and it's Glenn Close in just male makeup and costume with a beard. It's fucking awesome. I'm staring at it on the, on the screen behind me right now. It's, it's frozen on her, her face. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> That's good. I, mine you didn't get was um, on IMDb, which as we both know is uh, written in ink. That's actually gospel. Sure is. Everything on, everything on IMDb trivia is, uh, according to this podcast, is, uh, is gospel. That the couple making out when Tinkerbell and Peter are flying over um, London are apparently George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. What? That's what it says on IMDb. All right. Well, then it's true. Yeah. It Man. takes no further research to prove that to me. Well, I was wondering why they didn't get closer if it was those two and then i was like do i want to see carrie fisher and george lucas making out and not particularly no yikes <laughs> all right all right I'm, I'm ready for you to just so this was a big movie for me growing up as mm. i feel like a lot of these are childhood movies of ours I, I say a lot of them are nostalgic for me and so so i guess this one is it's a big movie that i have memories a lot of me and my dad with it so that plays into it a lot and there's specific scenes later that which I'll which I'll talk about. So I think a lot of that kind of shades my perception of the movie. I watched it yesterday. Obviously, it is a little long at, at two hours twenty five minutes. It's a lot longer than I would have guessed it was. Like if you asked me, and I asked a couple of people this week, like how long do you think Hook is? They're like, I don't know, like an hour forty. No, it's forty minutes longer than that. No. Um, so yeah, there's some fat here you can cut out for sure, but it's still a feel good laughing and crying movie for me. Okay, so. I truly don't have memories of putting the movie on any time <clears throat> before he's already in Neverland. Like, I always, I feel like I always put it on when shit had already hit the fan, when he's like, I feel like I put it on always after the food fight. Do you ever have just one of those movies when you're flicking channels or something? You always catch it at a very specific time. Yes. And it's never, it's always that moment. And it was always mm -hmm. the food fight for me. So from the food fight on, it's pretty solid. It's, it's good all the way through. It's the first mm -hmm. hour and 40 minutes that I could just kind of do without. Okay. <laughs> um, I could do it without, and, and I, we'll get into this later on, I guess, in the categories, but I could definitely do without his wife for really all of it, anytime she's in it. She's the stick in the mud of all sticks in the mud. She is. You know who else I could do without? Jack. Is, well... Okay, so if, <laughs> let's get into him. Charlie Corsmo was the child actor of the early 90s. He was the guy. He was Dick Tracy. He was the kid in What About Bob? And, 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 oh, and this kid in Hook. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he had a run. 90 to 91, this kid had a run. Do you know who he grows up to be? No. The kid in Can't Hardly Wait? Oh, right. So Which, I guess he had a, a, second, uh, a second act. Oh, I forgot about him in that. Yeah. He's literally um, only in eight movies. He had the run from 90 to 91, is in Can Hardly Wait, and then I guess quits acting for 20 years and is in a movie called Chain for Life. That's it. That's the, that's the <laughs> list. Go suck an egg. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he was, a, he was a thing for a while, and I don't know. He was. But what who, were we talking who, about? People we could do without in this film. Oh, uh, the daughter character. She's all right. She disappears for 90 minutes. And, no, she and I forgot that she existed. We just follow the fucking son. <laughs> and that's so it. We kind of, this is a question that's not part of the categories, but 
we ask each other sort of, you know, a new question every week as pertains to the movie. Is this movie supposed to be a musical? Should it be a musical? Yes. And I have kind of a redo category that I kind of would like to interject with this one that I brought up a couple of weeks ago. It, I feel like, I truly feel like that this concept just needs a redo. Like, I feel yeah. like hearing on paper, this movie, Steven Spielberg directing a reimagining of Peter Pan Neverland it's, with it's Robin not Williams. It's a straight up, a straight up fucking sequel to Peter Pan. It's a okay. live action sequel. Yeah. Okay. So why is it called Hook? Because the first one's called Peter Pan? I don't know. Like, it's the two main characters. It, I, don't, I don't know. It makes no sense that this movie is called Hook. That's true, because it's not about him at all. It's not a backstory of Hook. It's not an origin story of Hook. It's... No. I, okay, so that's no. a fair question. It, 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 should be, it should be called Hook to Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Because Captain that's, Hook's nope, arc... Nope, yeah, nope, yeah. Nope. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The whole wig thing. Pirates wore wigs. No, they didn't. Sure they did. All right, I'm I'm feeling my own douche chills for my two on Fu joke. I thought that was going to go over a little bit better. No. So it did. Save that for what we do. Save that for what we do two on Fu, which I want to do. We will. <laughs> All right. So uh, before this goes completely off the rails, so I was gonna... feels, let's 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 get back to the, the musical okay. question here. It feels like it can be or is supposed to be at times. Like I don't understand why the daughter. That, that, that's what made me think of it here when, when you said the daughter and, and her role. I don't know what other movie just has a solo song, a solo performance by uh, an actress or actor that just isn't a musical. Like, it just has a song and it's a big, it's a solo. Like, wh- why? Why is she singing that whole piece? You're talking about the play in the beginning? No, she sings on Captain Hook's ship. Well, like a little, like, on my own thing. I honestly don't, I have no memory yeah. of that. I watched it fucking six hours ago. That's how... Yeah much fat is on this movie. No, in the context of a school play, it makes sense. In the context of just being a captive on a pirate's ship and singing a song, like, looking out the porthole, it's, it's weird. But there are parts of it, like, when, when, they're, when they're swinging around, like, the Lost Boys camp and stuff, that feels like there could be music in there, there could be songs in there that would make this almost a better fit as a musical. Oh, I agree. I mean, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with the redeemable stuff, but I have... I mean, there are sequences in this where I'm like, yeah, it totally should have and could have been an awesome musical. Mm -hmm. It's just that we spend an hour focusing on fucking Robin Williams and how bad of a dad he is. And then we go to Neverland and we spend another 40 minutes on him trying to remember that he's Peter. He doesn't doesn't fly until an hour and 40 minutes into this movie. Well, it takes a while to relearn how to fly. If he got there and all of a sudden just... Snap, learns how to fly again. Like, that's not believable. He's a fat old dude. 15 minutes in Neverland. They had a training montage. They had way too many, like, revealing moments of... After the food fight, he sits there and he, he grabs a sword. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm Peter. And then they don't do it. He showers. Right. He's got to do the happy thoughts scene to reveal how he's not happy. I know, but we've already done that. We've already done all this shit. We've already, like, established... We spend the first 30 minutes going... Peter's a bad dad, and then Peter's a bad dad again, and then he yells at the kids, and then he's another bad dad scene. Like it just—it's—it's it's so redundant and it's so bloated. It, it is a little redundant, but I, I wouldn't trade the in Neverland stuff really for anything. Yeah, but it just comes. It, it feels it just—it feels like it just comes too late, and by by then I'm checked out as an adult. 
But you said that from the from the food fight on, you're in. That's the best part of the movie. So which is it? Yeah, food fight. No, from the food fight on, you're in. Yeah, but you're food also fight doesn't happen until. But, when does the food fight happen? Let me before say. he flies. All right, maybe like 15 minutes. Yeah, but then I got annoyed that he like had the food fight moment. He had that that revelation, and then he and then he it cuts to him showered, and dressed. You know, oh, he yeah, took well, a shower, got well, and and it was. No. Oh, God. All right, you're impossible. All right, I just, I'm just, All right. just saying that they had the moment there. They could have kept the movie moving, and then they spent another 20 minutes just kind of tiptoeing around all that shit. Sure. Do you not want to be my friend anymore? I still want to be your friend. I just, you know, it's important to stick with your friends even when they're wrong. <laughs> you want to jump into jump into some categories here? I, I just want to just bring up a couple of weird things the 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 sheet standing up in the bedroom in the beginning of the movie uh, it felt like an et reference for me it felt like beetlejuice to me oh really when when the scene where the kids get kidnapped where the blankets fly off and there's like green hues and stuff all over the place like it felt that that felt like beetlejuice to me yeah okay i could see that i rewatched happy gilmore recently and i didn't realize that chubbs shared the hook origin story of getting his hand bitten off by an alligator you didn't you never knew that captain hook had his hand bitten by an alligator no i mean i i didn't remember it but i didn't link the two together that chubbs had his oh, hand it's actually bitten a cro- i think it's a crocodile in peter pan all right well but like the whole peter pan cartoon which we'll talk about later the disney peter pan cartoon yeah they get into the the, the croc the croc is a cat uh, is a character no, tick-tock, I know. Tick-tock, tick-tock. But so I'm I, just I, saying, when I watched Happy Gilmore, I was like, oh, Chubbs is, he's got the same, same thing as Captain Hook. He's got the hand bitten off by the alligator. He seeks revenge. Both promising golfers at one point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just getting fucking stonewalled left and right here. I can't yeah, wait to get to the categories. Let's, let's, uh, let's do it. Yeah. Most cringeworthy scenes. All right. Well, you, I, I would stretch if I were you. <laughs> go on the play the teacher feeding the fucking kids lines off stage terrible that's disgraceful that terrible. is disgraceful yeah it's not it's not very good and it wasn't like a line it was all the lines yeah that doesn't count like she you can't call yourself an actor like, yeah uh it's not it's not great uh i was offended a, a young tom mcglynn uh in his saint peter's glory would be remarkably offended by this I'm offended by it now. Yeah. All right. Keep going down your list here. Believe, I do have some, believe it or not. But I was going to say, I, um, I wasn't sure if this was cringeworthy or redeeming. The, the pre-elevator cell phone. It's the like, first thing on my cringeworthy list. The cell the, phone the, dual drawing. Oh, my God. Yuck. Awful. But, but it How also leads. It's Because it Stinks. leads to. I know. But it leads to. Uh, what's his name? Jack drawing the picture of his dad dying in a plane crash, which made me audibly laugh. <laughs> How come um, I'm not gonna parachute, Jackie? <laughs> uh, okay. Man. So what? What else for you? When Smee slash Bob Hoskins, who I adore as an actor, uh, mm-hmm. yells "Good morning, Neverland" through the whatever the horn so good morning vietnam like stare at the camera wink wink like yeah uh, we get it guys robin williams is in the movie i I understand it's cool um (laughs) and then i don't at all like this is gonna sound like a weird critique 
how the fuck did they decorate the inside of Captain Hook's ship? Like, it just looks so, like, cartoonishly bad. Like, it feels like Dick Tracy there. Like, it's just, uh, they spent $4 decorating the inside of the fucking pirate ship. He's the world's most notorious pirate. He's got this fucking, just, yeah, no. Didn't yeah, like no. It. Didn't care for it. His house looked like shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's on my cringeworthy too. That Neverland looks like a set, like it it looks like a set. It does. I mean, it's sp- especially the pirate ship does. Uh, the Lost Boys place a little less so. Mm. It's the woods. Oh, it's the woods and stuff. It kind of looked like that really that Peter Pan that they did live on NBC, where Christopher Walken was wasn't even trying. He was yeah, just kind of floating oh, around gosh. and. Um, it but looks that, a lot like tr- uh, like a like a, a bad Disney ride version, or like a bit a bad Disney like theme park version of yeah a movie set. Yeah, part of why this movie stinks. Not a lot of the seventy million bucks went to sets and props. No, no. So, what kind of international plan did Peter have in nineteen ninety one? Because in two thousand one, oh man, my cell phone didn't work at the Jersey Shore. Correct. It didn't work in my house half the time. No. So yeah, no, uh, he could maybe talk on a plane he could definitely talk in london it would talk it would work underneath snow in london underneath dirt and snow as nana buried that shit (laughs) so yeah i i don't understand what sort of futuristic shit technology in 91 that they had that they thought this was possible like i can't imagine like actual like regular business people like my dad seeing this movie in 91 had to be like what the fuck is this these people are talking on like i got a landline (laughs) at the office and I got a landline at home and that's it. Like, you want to talk to me? So I'll see you at the office on fucking Monday, man. Like, what is this? <laughs> so yeah, fine. I agree with you on that. They put the fort back up after the kids are kidnapped. And then why, when his kids are missing, Peter pours a bourbon for himself. Mm-hmm. So they reset the room after the kidnapping. And then Peter decides to get drunk gonna take the edge off like holy shit like this badass motherfucker took my kids like let me pour myself a drink come to terms with this all right not really what i would do in that situation but fine it's not like he like rolls a fat joint it's like man i gotta really get stoned here like he has a cocktail yeah but it is a little ridiculous that it gets reset but none of the adults were in the room or maybe the maybe wendy was in the room with them under the fort when he was in there with the when when he was in there with with the daughter and then goes to the uh and then goes to the dinner right but what i'm getting at is it feels like they just kind of forgot or they reset the thing forgetting that they were maybe phil collins mo as a detective is to re uh is to rebuild the crime scene oh yeah yeah you don't know what his motives are detective phil collins yeah you you can't you can't trust that guy i picture him walking in now as uh as like a David Caruso CSI Miami guy with the sunglasses on. It's like, I could <laughs> feel it in the air tonight. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just watched the, uh, the Seinfeld episode with the, with the librarian, the librarian detective. But, uh, what's his name? Philip Baker Hall. Oh, yeah. I imagine that. I imagine that cop in that situation. That's very good. So when Peter lands in Neverland and he's like incognito, and he's just pretending to be a pirate. And then he mm-hmm. sees his kids and goes, those are my kids! And just <laughs> blows his cover immediately. Blows right away. 
We spent four minutes fucking turning him into a, a pirate in disguise, and then immediately, those are yep. my kids! And then he's a total fucking wuss through that whole sequence. Wuss and douchebag. He's like, all right, I'll write you a check, bro. Oh, like, what a I'll, I'll just buy my kid. I'll just buy my kids back. How much are they? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Not little, good. Very, very douchey. Very douchey. My favorite Maggie moment, though, is the totally below the belt when he's trying to reach his kids on the net and his daughter goes, come on, daddy. Mommy could do it. <laughs> yep. No. Spitting his face while he's up there. <laughs> come on, loser. Mom can get us. She's got long arms. She's not scared of heights. But also in that scene, Peter's reaching for them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a shot. It's a shot of Robin Williams. He's sweating. His veins are bulging out of his, his forehead. He's struggling. And then on the ship, all of the pirates, including Pan, uh, excuse me, Hook, are just staring up. And then all of their expressions change. Like something magical happened. And it just cuts back to the same shot of Robin Williams struggling. And then that's it. This is why I think that Steven Spielberg was not well when he was shooting this. This does not feel like a Steven Spielberg movie. It doesn't. I know it's the, obviously the first one of his we're doing. I don't know if others of his are on our list. I haven't looked that closely at it yet. Um, yeah, I don't think we I'd, should get used to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very surprised <laughs> if, if he reappeared on our, on our list. But yeah, it, 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 you're, you're right. I mean, for like the greatest, one of the greatest directors of our lives to mail it in, it's not unusual, but it's still a little surprising. He hasn't officially like denounced it, but he's talked publicly about not liking this movie well then he's wrong too okay i mean i would like to still work with him mr spielberg i would still like to work <laughs> with you i am currently offer only but i will audition for you i will send you <laughs> in a self-tape if you need uh. i'm sorry I, I i only say this because with respect to you also saying you don't like it <laughs> at least just, you guys agree on that on that take i'm just douche chilling myself left and right right now do you, do you want to go I, I i need to take a break because i have like 40 more cringeworthies so maybe you should oh, jump boy. in with one uh, I mean, that's really the whole list I had. Cell phone dual scene, the Beetlejuice sheets, Good Morning Neverland, and, and the, hook, the hook interior. That's it? That's it. That's my whole list. Oh, you are generous. Okay. The mermaid scene. He falls off the ship and his hands are tied up. Okay, yeah, that's weird. And then he has a little mermaid orgy. And then he goes, he goes up and we never see these fucking mermaids ever that's again. It. No, he, fa- he falls underneath and makes out with at least three mermaids. Uh, and yeah, it's like, all right, cool. Well, I'm fixed now. I can Peter cheats on his wife like five times while he's in Neverland in three That's, days. Yeah, that was one of the takeaways too. When he, when he, when he kisses a tank, Jamie looks at me and she's like, so he just cheats on his wife while he's there? Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm like, well, it's complicated. He's got history with Tink. See, I don't remember that. I'm not as keen on the Peter Pan story, the backstory, I think, as you. I know the basics, I mean, but I'm not. It's not, a, it's, it's not a super involved story, but yeah. So when Pan meets Rufio, he, he still, after his kids got abducted by pirates, and he's in this mystical place, and there's fucking mermaids making out with him underwater, he still, as the children are surrounding him, as the Lost Boys are surrounding him, he's still going, I want to see a grown-up. You're a foul-mouthed young man. Like, we fucking get it. Like, we get it. He's a square. Okay. All right. I just think you're you're overlooking what a jarring shock it has to be for a guy like maybe like ten years older than us, like just married corporate dude, 
couple of kids just like living like the everyday grind life mm-hmm. to have gone to London for what he just thought was like some ceremony for an, an old lady. And then his kids get kidnapped. So he's fucking shocked as hell by that. And then all of a sudden, a little pixie flies into his room, beats him up, flies him to this magical, nonsensical place where he encounters a flamboyant as fuck pirate who is responsible for his kids and swears he's his, like, lifelong enemy. He's like, I don't know this guy. What the fuck's going on? Give me my kids back. And then he goes to another place where there's all these little kids running around, including this other, like, bigger kid running the show, talking a whole bunch of shit to him. Like, all that has got to be so fucking jarring. You're like, am I in a dream? Is this, like, a, a lucid dream? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, I think you're overlooking how shocking that can be to a man. Like, imagine you woke up tomorrow morning and that shit happened to you. Wouldn't you want to see a grown-up? Or just I more mean, mermaids? Yeah. I probably would. I'd probably ask to see a manager. Yeah. Exactly, Karen. All right. That's fair. Why would you do that, Karen? <laughs> The whole so, suicide thing, like where he's gonna shoot himself, and then Smee has to kind of talk him down, and then he has to convince Smee to talk him down. Yeah, weird. Just right, weird. Mm-hmm. You know what that relationship reminded me of? It reminded me of Headley and Taggart in Blazing Saddles. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's been 20 years since I've seen Blazing Saddles. Where's my froggy? All right. Well, somebody, somebody DM me if you know what I'm talking about. I, th- I think that's a good reference. Robin Williams with a shaved chest for one quick scene, and we never, ever come back to it. I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, you don't? Robin Williams with a shaved chest is fucking weird. It, it happens for like a, a maybe 60 seconds, and then they make no reference to it ever again. Robin Williams just had a shaved chest for no reason. He is one of the more notorious hairy men in, in world history, especially for, in acting. But for Robin Williams, like, to know that you probably went through hell, 40-year-old virgin-type hell, to get your, your chest spotless like that, and all you have to show for it was a little snippet where these kids abuse you for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, not a deal. So the, when Peter escapes as a baby, the baby carriage flips over... The, the pillow somehow slides underneath and the baby lands cleanly on his back. So you're worried about a dream sequence? Yeah. Okay. You weren't going to play you're... fair with the whole, this is a jarring thing for a grown man in a kid's movie. It's a dream sequence. They don't need to be realistic. They're dream sequences. Okay. Well, that's some imagine that's a generous imagination. Fine. How many balks does Smee commit in the baseball game? <laughs> <laughs> Six? I don't know. He doesn't seem like a guy too concerned about the rules. All right. I'm not done, Chris. All right. <laughs> I'm not done. Uh, I, guess, I, guess I, got, I guess I got time. Where, where does Hook go when, when the crocodile comes down? Into the crocodile? Yeah, I know. He disappears. It's a, it's a fucking rock. No, it's the, the mouth is open. It goes into the crocodile's mouth. But the, croc, the crocodile's not real. It's like a, it's like a fossilized crocodile. So the, fossil, the fossilized crocodile can eat him and has a digestive system? No, it could smash him, though. It didn't smash him. It, it went in between well, it his open mouth. But then he PG. vanished. Where the fuck did he go? Vaporized. Blown out to sea. Are you going to look at me and say that that is an acceptable way for a villain to die? 
how Hook dies in this movie? No, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I think it's fitting that the crocodile gets him. The the mannequin of the crocodile kills. It's him. a fossilized crocodile. I, you say fossilized, like like that's some somehow more reasonable. It is. I feel like I got you on the ropes right now. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm done. Do you have any redeeming moments? <laughs> I actually do. I will I okay. will play fair. I I'll, I'll I'll start. Obviously, he's only in like two and a half scenes, but Toodles is a fucking star. The Wait, old which confused man. The old confused man oh, who opens the oh door my God. with the marbles. Oh um, yeah. That's on my big. I didn't lose my marbles after all. Actually, kind of gets me choked up. It does. So there, there are there are two scenes in particular that remind me of my dad. My dad would say that that I lost my marbles all the time, partially because he, he did for a while. But um, <laughs> so so that scene always brings a, a smile and a, and a tear to my eye. But even from that first incident of him opening opening the door to to greet them is yeah, it's it's a warm a warm greeting from an old old friend. I really like the ransom note that Hook leaves. It's just a good, it's really well written. It's signed J.A.S. Hook, Captain, yeah. and just the writing on it and, and all that. I think, I think that was a really just a, a nice way of, uh, of positioning that. It's a well-crafted letter. It looks notarized. It does. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. Really, uh, whoever is his calligrapher, top-notch work. <laughs> The number one scene in the movie we've talked about is the food fight scene, the insult scene. It starts off with the the little boy whose name is uh, Pockets. Oh, oh there God. you are, Peter. And I that's that the too. miracle I just said that without crying because for, without fail, whenever I was not at home for a while, whether I was away for two weeks or a long night out or whatever, my dad would see me in the morning, whether I was just hungover or just over for lunch or whatever, and drop that line on me as, as if he hadn't seen me in decades. So yeah, when I watched that Saturday night, it got me all sorts of all sorts of weepy. So yeah, that's that's number one for me. But that leading into the the food fight and the insult trade between Pan and Rufio is mm-hmm. the best. I don't know how long of a scene that is. Ten minutes, twelve minutes, I don't know. But it's it's the best portion of the movie by a mile absolutely absolutely and um my f- i should have wrote down all of my favorite rufio insults he is a fucking wordsmith very quick very yeah quick my quitters. favorite my favorite obviously was you are a fart factory <laughs> <laughs> as someone who who is a fart factory himself you can you can really <laughs> yeah but that whole sequence the the him throwing the air and then it's splatting, cutting to the splatting on the face, what and then that first that hit sweeping there. shot of the food and all of that, and the, it's just, and that's when you're like, oh right, this is a Spielberg movie, mm-hmm. and there's only glimmers of that, you know, like there's only. But man, is that good? When it, oh man, when it hits, it hits. There are so sure many does. misses in this movie when it hits. Uh, for lack of a better term, because there is a baseball scene in this movie, it's a home run. Yeah. Did you like the baseball scene? Yes, I did for a couple of reasons. Good. I, I did I did as well. It's on my list. So let's talk about the baseball scene. Because there's one, I think we talked a couple of weeks ago, but one of my favorite movie tropes is like a character that just gets the shit beat out of him the whole movie. <laughs> An- another one of my favorite, 
favorite little silly movie things or even just cartoon things is when you stack kids on top of each other and throw a trench coat on them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they try to they pretend like they're adults. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So the Lost Boys gonna going to watch the game like this. Hey, they saved on tickets. You know, they probably only had to buy one. So that helps. That is so funny to me. Yeah, I said like the the balk, like it's me just balking and uh Yeah, that, it, it's entertaining. It's it's definitely entertaining. I like the It's a fun scene. Yeah, and I like the run home jack, home run jack flip. I think that that was that was a little hokey, but a little it, a little it, bit. Yeah. But it worked. Uh, any any reason to hear Dustin Hoffman say bad form? Terrific. <laughs> and then when they shoot the guy trying to steal second base, and I, I didn't write down who said it, but uh, I think it might have been to me. Very violent sport, isn't it, baseball? <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's a good line. That's a very good line. It is. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, a li- backtracking a little bit. Hook winning jack over by letting him get his aggression out by smashing stuff it's just yeah. a very good tactic you just have like, a kid you you give a kid full a room full of shit, shit to smash and break fantastic you win me he, over yeah he might have a second uh if the alligator if the croc didn't really get him he could have a second life as a child psychologist captain hook yeah because he he really knows how to get to kids especially uh those with daddy issues <laughs> Speaking of kids, for 1991, it is a really diverse cast of kids, which surprised me. The Lost, the surprised Lost Boys, me. The Lost Boys should be like the Lost Boys, all right? Yeah, but but so, still, like to see that 30 years ago, white kids, like it, it just wouldn't fly. Yeah, no that 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 was really nice to see that long ago something like that. Like I think I give kudos to Spielberg and the you know for sure casting for sure. And the the last one on my list here for for redeemable when he becomes Pan again and like makes up with Rufio and he draws a line and he comes back over to him like just really nice. This the music there is really nice. That scene where they just all like come together like as the Lost Boys and as that band of allies again is is really great. It's terrific. It's yeah. terrific. Like I said, when it hits, it it it's a fucking grand slam. The shot. Uh, this is a little bit earlier, and this is I think the first time. I felt like, again, it was a Spielberg movie and it was like 15 minutes in when Peter's son is playing in the corner and his shadow like hits the ceiling and starts messing around. Yeah, That, that shot was unbelievable. Great. I, wrote, I noticed that right away. Shadows play a big part in it. It starts Huge. there and there's several other scenes of the shadows like dancing on the wall. And that's a big, a big hat tip to Peter Pan of, of yesteryear. Yeah, I had this when I was a kid, I had this VHS of a peter pan play and i'm pretty sure a lot of people have seen this but tinkerbell was just a shadow like on on stage and it mm-hmm. was like they had a little light like i think that yep. it was no, kind in, of an homage in, to that yeah in stage i think that's in the stage per- performance as she was yeah that's, rufio's death scene yeah is still really effective it is it's it's i guess you don't like when you're watching this movie like i guess except for hook vanishing dying whatever at the end like you don't think that a character is actually going to pass away during this movie like get yeah. beat up get defeated get vanquished whatever but like yeah you definitely don't expect like a whatever like a 14 to 16 year old kid to get stabbed through the chest and <laughs> die so that's it's 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 tough to watch because he comes on as like villain 1b and then you know has this transformation along with peter 
And just as you're starting to like, like him and root for him again, gone. Yeah, that's a good storytelling staple. You know, it the is. guy that you kind of hate for the whole movie has his redeemable or his or her redeemable moment and boom, you take him away. Sacrifice. It's effective. And it works it here. It really, it really does work here. I didn't hate Rufio though. I thought Rufio was just like a guy who was just defending his. You come along his and you're like, oh, who is this? Yeah, I don't know if I like this guy, but uh, you know, definitely come to come to really like him at the end, and it's it's very sad. Why didn't that kid become a bigger star? I don't know. He had a lot of potential. I think he definitely did. I'm trying to see what else he was even in, like down the road. He still acts, but like nothing really that I've. Yeah, I mean nothing. Yeah. Weird. All right, so that's it for redeemable for me. I have some other notes here, though. Unless you have some more, moments. I have one, one, one more redeemable moment. I do have some notes too, but this image was actually the one that always stuck out to me when we t- started talking about doing this movie. This was the first thing that came to mind: Thudbutt's elated face when he gets the sword. Oh man, I mean, that's a great shot. Just melts me. And yeah. on IMDb trivia, which is gospel. It says that Steven Spielberg and Robin Williams didn't tell the kids who he was going to pick. So all those kids, those reactions were genuine. Very smart. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's perfect. Very smart move. And yeah, his, the way his face, light, face lights up is awesome. Yeah, but the kid before him who thinks he's going to get it, his face also lights up. And then we pan yeah. away from him slowly, which was a little fucked up. It is. It's yeah. a bummer. But, you know, yeah. you, can't all, you can't all be the next fan. <laughs> All right, that's all my redeemables. Other other notes I have written down: the music and the the score in this. I mean, it's it's John Williams, who's one of the more famous composers in the history of filmmaking. It's Home Alone too, like half the movie. Really? Like exact compositions, exact song choices. Watch it when we get to Home Alone two. Spoiler alert: around Christmas time, we're doing Home Alone two. Just get fucking ready for it, because I've seen that movie. I don't know one million times. Certain. Mm-hmm moments of that are just carved into my brain and like i heard the music yesterday saturday i was like nope it's 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 the same composer and looked it up and sure as heck like it is home alone home alone 2 even the ill-fated home alone 3 it's it's all him so yep well i think there's that game it's like can you jump back and forth between the star wars superman indiana jones theme seamlessly (laughs) you can't you absolutely can it's impossible i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and slander john williams but let his scores sound pretty fucking similar. Yeah, they do. I mean, who the fuck am I? Who am I? Who the fuck am I? Musically, I'm certainly no one, so. You know. No, no. I feel like Hans Zimmer has a very similar thing. Like, all of his, like, Nolan movies kind of have a... Oh, yeah. You know, but, but whatever. Uh, I, my, my, all my movies involve fucking drinking and bullying, and, you know, people have a, yeah. people have a niche. They, they've, they, they've got their lanes. Yeah. Uh, how old do you think Julia Roberts was in this movie? I got a, I got a lot, I got a lot of notes about her. I'm gonna guess 29. 24. Dude, she looks like a a mom. It's weird. She's, it's weird. She, it's weird. She's weird in this movie. She is. The, their dynamic is is weird. It's a little uncomfortable at times. It's tough. So she was 24 and Robin, Robin Williams was 40. But the thing is, she, 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 looks too, she looks too mature. She doesn't have that innocence, you know? No, she's, especially like she's a taller woman in general. Like for her to be the, the, the tink, the fairy, the pixie, is, it's tough for me to like reduce her to that size. Like in my mind, like 
when she explodes and it's like the grown like the grown says woman again i'm like oh this makes a lot more sense and she had a lot of stuff going on in the tabloids and everything the the, the crew apparently called her tinker hell mm. which is and this is messed super, up. Like, it's, this is this is really before she like blows up blows up too like that's was this before or after pretty woman pretty woman's it's what just, it's just after okay so she did steel magnolias in i think 88 then pretty woman and then sleeping with the enemy is that this year or the next year it's the same year okay so she's her stock is rising big time yeah we should we should mention that now that it's after midnight that it is now the anniversary of Robin Williams passing and it's was completely unplanned that we would do this podcast on (sighs) this date and this unfortunate anniversary but here we are and we should we should mention it that you know we wish he was still here making us laugh and cry and feel a lot of things at the same time yeah you know when you talk when the conversation comes up of greatest actor of all time every actor that gets mentioned is really good at one thing you know you take someone like daniel day lewis who just transforms his thing is transforming Mm -hmm. robin williams did everything everything he can do he had the trifecta of can make you laugh can make you cry could scare the shit out of you can consume a role you know like he he just became the thing you know it's just um god damn it you know it's it's rare that one person could make you feel that many different emotions um yeah and he sure could yeah and uh, we did i did like a little test of the waters on instagram like what's your favorite robin williams movie and we i got a uh this was actually probably the one between this and mrs doubtfire and the birdcage are probably the three that i got the most but one guy said uh one hour photo which if you've ever seen one hour photo he is i saw it in theaters so did i he's fucking remarkable in that movie he is and to talk about scary and and terrifying and just a creepy role like oh boy it's it's a chilling role yeah god damn it uh, there's Any a little ca- well there's a casting what if so Obviously, it's really hard to re- replace Robin Williams and think of anybody but Robin Williams in any Robin Williams it's role. Impossible. It is, but there was a casting what if that I saw that I have to mention that might have been might have been better, if not on par. Do you want to guess who's on a serious run at this time and has a serious run in the 90s in general? Still working today? I'm trying to think. I mean, it's not Tom Cruise. It's not... Uh, uh, close. You got one thing, right? John Cruise? <laughs> Ted Cruise? It's Ted Cruise, isn't it? No. Uh, I didn't expect you I to got the, that. I got funny. the Tom part right. Tom Arnold. No! <laughs> <laughs> Tom Hex. Ooh. He's got the innocence. He can do, the, he can do stuffy, I think. I'm not going to say that Tom Hanks couldn't play a role because Tom Hanks can play whatever the fuck he wants to play. But yeah. I just, it, I have a really hard time replacing Robin Williams in this. But yeah, I mean, Tom Hanks is the ultimate in a lot of things. I just thought that that was interesting. That was the only name that I saw in there that, that put the image of him as Peter Pan in my head. Yeah. Other, uh, another casting, what if, which I just came across on, on IMDb here. Uh, a young actor named Joseph Mazzello was considered for the role of Jack but was turned down being too young for the role. Steven Spielberg promised him a role in a future movie instead. Timmy in Jurassic guess? Park. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, that's... Getting zapped the fuck off that fence. <laughs> Three. <laughs> you dope. <laughs> Is it bad that 
the, now that I know that he's okay, the first time I saw it, it terrified me. But every time he gets flown off, because oh, we, fence, we were like I, I his age when he gets blown off the fence, like yeah. But I watch it now, and I it 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 makes me laugh. And it's very funny now. I don't know what makes me laugh harder, that or Wayne Knight's death. <laughs> oh, poor guy. <laughs> anyway, not to digress too much. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, it, sorry, I was just gonna say, like, it, there's. <sighs> I just feel like Spielberg phoned it in, man. I just don't. I think it's yeah. maybe a, ha- a half a phone in. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's, uh, could this let's movie exist in 2020? Yes. This could. My buddy Mike pointed out, and, and I didn't fully rewatch it, but the Peter Pan animated movie could definitely not exist in 2020. The Tiger Lily, like uh, Native American stuff in the animated movie. Really would not play well today. I'm glad. I don't. I don't it's been a long time. It's it, 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 even just go back and look at like a couple clips of it. It's it's not great. Um, I mean, a lot of Disney movies have their moments, and they have the have like the disclaimers now on on Disney Plus about you know historical this and that's that that existed at the time of things. But this is. I'm kind of glad that in this movie they don't have that aspect of things. They reference like the Tiger Lily incident as a thing but they they don't go down that road and i'm I'm very happy we don't see any cartoonishly dressed native american folks in in this movie yeah i agree i I think um i think this movie just the concept itself just needs it just needs a redo i really do think that i think that on paper it is a murderer's row it's spielberg fucking williams hoffman julie roberts bob hoskins which yeah he two years removed from who framed roger rabbit like this is like this should be, I mean, it was, it was supposed to be the biggest movie of the year and it, it just got, it got crushed by critics. Yeah, no one's pissed about it. And we have something to talk about on a Monday night, but yeah, we do. I, so let me ask you who in 2020 would you trust this with filmmaker wise? And we can get into casting, recasting roles and, and whatnot if you want. I don't know enough about uh, directing wise. It's hard for me to, I'd rather jump into roles. I think the filmmaker part, you know more about, I can't put my head on that. I could see John Favreau taking this over and doing something good with it. Okay. I'm, I'm now just trying to stuck, like stuck trying to think like who I think would play a good pan. Is there anyone that can, I mean, if only because you met you mentioned the waxing and the hairy chest part earlier, Steve Carell, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, can Steve like, Carell sing? That, that I don't know. He sings at but, the end of 40-Year-Old Virgin. I think he has a good voice. That's the part that gets me about the musical thing. Like, they had the right cast yeah. for it, too. Like, yeah. Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman could have fucking done this. They could have. I think um, redoing it as a musical... Would be very interesting. I think it would be very interesting. I don't know. Get, you, like, just bring, you, you just bring back Gosling and Emma Stone and make them do another musical? Like, I don't know. Hugh Jackman what? as Captain Hook. Okay. I think that would be cool. I think Jacqueline could probably play Peter Pan, too. He's got good comedic timing. He does. He might be a little old for it, though. Peter Jackson's, like, f- in his 50s. No? We're going to find out. I think you just said Peter Jackson. I did say Peter Jackson, didn't I? He's 51. Peter Jackson is Captain Hook? <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman is, is 51 years old. Uh, okay. But it probably in much better shape than, you know, Robin, Robin Williams was back then. Well, I mean, his wax chest was pretty, pretty fucking solid. Just yeah. saying can't believe you missed that. Unbelievable. All right. What, what about Tinkerbell? I don't know. Now that I said Emma Stone, I feel like... Uh, I, could, I could subscribe to that. Yeah. 
Uh, one Razzie nomination for Worst Supporting Actress to Julia Roberts. Five Oscar nominations. I think this will probably be the movie that we do that scores the most Oscar noms. And I really do think that this is just a out of respect kind of thing. Because the art direction, set direction, I mean, like I said, it just looks like a fucking set. Yeah, we both agree on that. I don't, I don't love either of those in this, this one. The score, too. So best art direction, best costume design, best visual effects, best makeup, best score. Best makeup, prop, maybe, yeah. Best score, not Williams' best. Best visual effects, dude, there's a lot of scenes of, of Pan flying that feel like a green screen. And just him standing over and over. It feels like a like stage a production. I feel like I could, I could see the guys with like the, yeah. the pulley system just like having them zipped around. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. Most valuable player of the movie. Who is our MVP here? I'm going, I have two. I'm going to say all the Lost Boys. Mm-hmm. In particular, anyone? I love um, Pockets. Pockets. Just that one guy. little scene. I love Thud Butt. Pockets. I'm a big fan I'm of Thud Butt. Butt. Too. Those, those are my two. My two top Lost Boys. My favorite adult, I'm going Bob Hoskins as Smee. Smee and, and Toodles are my, are my two uh, adults. Uh, but Toodles is, is in it for not enough. He's just yeah. a, a smile for me. But Smee is tremendous. He's, he's a great sidekick. He's played really well by Bob Hoskins. I, I think he kind of historically just doesn't get enough love for this movie with the other star power in it. But I think he does yeah. an outstanding job in the role. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, you know, speaking to your musical theory, the end of Who Framed Roger Rabbit when Eddie Valiant is dancing to distract Christopher Lloyd, he's a fucking showman. Mm -hmm. He can move. He can dance and sing. It's unbelievable. Uh, Totally underrated. One of the most underrated actors of of the last, like, 30 or 40 years. Just unbelievable. Great job. So that's all I got. That's all I got. Okay. Then I think we'll give it to Smee. We're going to give it to Smee. So that's the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I have seven nominations for LVP. Is it Robin Williams' entire family? No, not even. <laughs> not even. Go on. I'll, I'll, I'll plow through them really quickly. Exposition, I feel like 40% of this movie is explaining shit, which okay. is exhausting. Julia Roberts, Steven Spielberg, the script, Dustin Hoffman, and the whole concept of Hook. I, I like the choice to make him kind of a buffoon, but he's not threatening at all. He's not scary at all, no. No. That's, and then that leads me to the title. Why is it called Hook? We talked about it before. It's not like an origin story. It's super it's misleading. And the runtime. Two hours, 20 minutes is, is obnoxiously long for this. It is. It, it's longer than I thought. It, I wouldn't cut as much off as you. I'd cut off maybe like 15 minutes probably total. I'd get it down closer to two hours. Mm. But yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a, a touch long. Uh, I will just add to your your list. Just Jack. I don't. I don't. I don't like it. I don't like his. I don't like his performance. Uh, I don't like the fact that he doesn't recognize his own dad. Like it takes him a while. Like it's not like he's wearing like a mask or like makeup. It's just his regular fucking dad in a pair of tights. Like just because he's flying. Like if my dad like my dad showed up and was flying around. Like I'd be confused. Why is my dad fucking flying? But like I wouldn't. It wouldn't take me ten minutes to be like, whoa, that's my dad. Like no. Yeah. It's it's, it's the same guy. He looks like him. He sounds like him. He is him. Why is it taking you so long to figure this out? Just because you're wearing Captain Hook's fucking mini costume, you all of a sudden forget who your dad is? Come on, man. Get with the fucking program. <laughs> well, he's got a little uh, Clark Kent syndrome right there. But I had this on Cringeworthy and I missed it. So he apologizes to his dad 
after Rufio gets killed, he when he recognizes, he goes, I'm sorry, Dad. For what? Your father is the one who stinks. Well, his Do you dad remember got that? Him in, so his dad got him in the mess in the first place, right? But, like, then also, his son decided to side with the kidnapper. So okay. that's what he's apologizing for, for going Stockholm Syndrome with Captain fucking Hook, man. All right. During the whole fight scene, he was siding with the guy trying to kill his dad, who's trying to get him home to regular, regular world and his mom. I'm tapping out, Chris. I'm tapping the mat. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> and yes, Robin Williams owes him a lot of apologies and a lot of ice cream and a lot of baseball games to make up for this shit. But yeah, that's, that's it. That's why. <laughs> Devil's advocate and defensive critics. I think you've certainly made your case defending all the critics today. I did. I'm, I'm going to take a knee. What is your personal tomato rating? 40. I'm giving it as, as high as it can be with a splat because my childhood crept in here and there. But if I had watched this as an adult in 1991, I would have slaughtered it. I would have. And I, because I think a lot of it was this buildup of this premise, this whole thing was so fucking promising. It was. I think it could have been better now that we talked about it some more. But while, so, you know, I like my little backstory and how I score things. You think it's a 40. I think it's twice as good as you think it. I think it's an 80. Wow. I like it we twice as much as you. Really, really separate there. Okay. We are. That's why we do this. We can't agree every time. It is. All right. Well. You ready for next week? Let's do it. Bring it on. What do we got? Next week, we're going to jump back into sports movies. It's baseball season. Oh, and only Vaughn's in the cupboard. Okay. Yes. I'm excited. Is it two? Yeah, it's two. I, I, don't, I, think one is, I think one is over. I think only two is on our list. Hold on. I'm checking quickly. One is 83%. <laughs> two got pummeled. Two is 5%. Oh, fuck me. Well, I'm excited for that. I was going to do a baseball movie. So for those of you at home, we are now alternating each week. And I won't know until Chris gives me a clue. And I just guessed that we're doing Major League Two next week. Awesome. Uh, I was going to do a baseball movie next week and or two weeks from now. So I got to I got to reassess. Maybe this is why we should talk about it before. <laughs> Plan well, this out a little I mean, bit. I mean, we have a couple more on the list. We have what, one, two, three, a hundred and five more movies that uh, that we could explore in this with this premise. So I For feel now, like I can. The I, list could grow still. I feel like I can go back to the well and find um, find something else that we could talk about. Very good. Yeah. Any final thoughts? Nope. That's it for now. This is the 40 Under 40 podcast. If you want to advertise your business, please shoot us an email at 40under40pod at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on the Instagram and Twitter at 40under40pod. My name is Chris Russell. That is Chris Mangan. I'm Chris Mangan. And we will see you next week with Major League Two. Okay, Chris. Have a good day. See you, Chris. Bye. Bye. Bangarang. Bangarang.